Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to another Monday night and another episode of the Loud Pedal. I am Michael Clark Griswold with my trusty co-host, The Mouth, What's Brian Hustlinger. Dude, you didn't even let me finish. <laughs> Tonight we have two special guests for you. We have third generation flagger at Bridgeport Motorsports Park, Kevin Golden. What's and going on? his fiance. Yes. Up and coming 602 sportsman driver, Sarah Napora. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> All right, Brian, who's the first question for? Um, for Sarah. Sarah, how did you get your start in racing? Oh, this is a good one. So my father's best friend was George Idell. He was a modified driver for a while at New Egypt. He raised slate models, a couple of different types of cars, and his daughter drove quarter midgets for a year. And he told my dad, bring her to the driver's experience at Blackbird, put her in a race car. And then Mr. Tony Bozowski put me in a scholarship car, and and it was never going back since <laughs> I was stuck. Right now, uh, Blackbird, that's down at Airport Speedway, right? Yep, that's on uh, the right side of Airport. Yeah, it's like literally 10 minutes from my house, and I've never been to a race there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how I started it, and, and ever since then, that was almost 13 years ago. My poor parents have been stuck with yeah. me ever since. Nice. All right, so now we'll move to Kevin. Kevin, how did you get your start in racing? Well, everything started with my grandfather. He uh, he started flagging at Nazareth in 1965, so oh, wow. we're going way, way back. And then in 1971, he started flagging at Dorney Park, so he was doing both of them back and forth. And every once in a while, when Bloom, when Bloomsburg Fair Speedway would have a special show, he would do that. And my dad was always helping him out from there on. Um, then in 1985, my grandfather moved down to Florida and became Volusia Speedway's flagger. And New Smyrna's flagger was the last track he flagged at. And then my dad pretty much took Dorney Park over until they closed from 85 to whenever they closed. And... um he started at Mahoning Valley from 1989 to 2001, and he took a year off after I was born and my little brother was born. He took a year or two off and then started at Bridgeport in 2003, and he's been there ever since. And I started helping him 2015, and I'm still helping him, and I took over to Quarter Mile in 2019. So that's where I stand with him. That's our, our thing. We do it together, and I've missed him the last – couple uh months of the year and it, it was hard for me without yeah. him up there that was our thing that we do and it, it was hard but he taught me how to do it and i knew my i knew he was there and i knew my grandfather was there watching me do it so i felt comfortable that's awesome um yeah your dad got real sick there last year right yeah he got sick uh like the second week or the first week of september and he missed from there all the way to the end of the year so it was kind of he 
kind of just said, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it this one weekend. So I was like, that's fine. No problem. I said, Sarah, will help me out. So she climbed up into the flag stand with me and she helped me out. She was helping me out with the quarter mile all year. So I knew she would be all right getting up in the flag stand for the big cars. And then from there, it, it led into other health conditions that put him out for the rest of the year. And I took over the rest of the year by myself. And then she helped me some races. My little brother, he didn't have an issue climbing up in the flag stand with me to help me. And then her older sister also helped me a couple of times. Now, which one's harder to flag, the big track or little track? Uh, the little track can be difficult sometimes. The big track can also be difficult. The big track, you have more area that you have to cover with watching. You have a bigger track to cover. There's a lot more stuff that you have to pay attention to on the track, um, especially with sprint cars. you got to always yeah. keep your eyes whether you're looking in turn one, you still have to know what's coming out of turn four because where we stand is pretty much right on the racetrack, right above it. Right. And sprint car wings are maybe four or five feet from the flag stand. So it doesn't take much for them to get real close. Um, the small cars, the 270s, they're pretty easy to catch, but the 600s, they can be a little bit of a challenge just because their numbers are on the fuel tank and that's really about it. So trying to keep track of where everybody is once they start going through lap traffic can be difficult, but both tracks have their challenges and you kind of doing it for so, so many years, the last seven years, I've kind of learned the easiest ways to do everything. Now, uh, when a caution comes out, this, are you the one throwing the caution or does sometimes it come from up above? Um, it's, it's kind of both ways. So if, we see something happening or something. Uh, we'll say what's going on on the radio just so everybody's aware of it. But if that right. driver's able, like if he's coming out of turn four and he has a flat tire and he's already at the bottom of the track, we won't go caution right away because he could dip into the track right. in the quarter mile and get away from it. And then, uh, Sometimes we, sometimes we'll make the call over a safety standpoint. So during the Danny Serrano 100, we had three cars that were lined up on the turn four or turn one of the quarter mile. And it, it was just a safety thing. That was my first ever 100 lap race that I've ever done. Yeah. Were they too close to the racing surface still? Well, they were lined up all three. So they had the entire quarter mile blocked and I didn't want, uh, somebody, I didn't want somebody to come off of the racetrack at and high speed and hit them because you don't know if those guys have their seatbelts off or their helmets yeah. off. So it just became a safety thing. So, like, if we find that there's a safety issue, we'll throw the caution. But usually some of the other things, we'll let Doug handle that. But, I mean, it yeah. it's, depends on so, the safety scenario. I got you. All right, this question is for you, Sarah. What's, a, what's more fun, racing or being, like, an assistant starter? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Uh, no. uh, definitely racing. I mean, it, it's been my whole life for so many years. Um, but helping out has been pretty cool too. It's a, just a different way to view everything. And those couple months that I was getting my great car ready, um, just to be behind the scenes for a little bit, it's, it's race control is a lot different when, you know, you have a headset on and, and you can talk and you can talk to all the other employees and you're a part of something and, you know, you're not just on the racetrack. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're making sure cars are safe. I mean, I threw the red a couple times when, when we had sprint cars flipping, modifieds, you know, 
sometimes the caution ed had to throw it out while, you know, Kevin was looking at one side of the track, I was looking at the other. Um, so it's just seeing, you know, different ways of looking over the racetrack versus looking around the racetrack while you're racing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It was a pretty cool thing to, uh, to experience. Kevin, I got a question for you. How hard is it for you not to black flag Nick Sandone the third? <laughs> I don't know because he's he's a good friend of mine, and every time he comes by the flag stand, I'll wave to him. He waves back at me, whether he waves me or waving to his friends and family that sit behind me. I'm gonna make it like that he's waving to me, so I'll take it. And then he always revs the car, so everybody hears him. He's he's a nice guy. He he invites me over all the time to things. He's always he's always welcoming, very welcoming. And now she's parked right next to him in the pit, so. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, I was talking to uh, Nick at uh, the motorsports show on Saturday, and he told me that you guys got the pit next to him, which I just took into the assumption that, Sarah, you're going to be running Bridgeport this year instead of New uh, Egypt. I, th- I think you're right. I think you just let out my secret. Uh, Breaking some- news here. Breaking news. Uh, Sarah Napar will be at Bridgeport <laughs> in 2022. <laughs> I have fun in with her rookie. fiance as the head starter. We got to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had fun running my rookies in in crate at New Egypt. I had gotten second in rookie points. It was a lot of fun. But once you hit the high banks at Bridgeport, I mean, yeah, I it's heard so it's addicting. Yeah, it's so hard to go back. I remember my first two times racing Bridgeport. I pulled like I drew the three chip and the four chip. So I started on the pole of the first heat, like my, my first two weeks racing there. And everyone was like, this is rigged. She knows the flagger, you know, and meanwhile, I'm nowhere near. I'm up in the flag stand doing my thing, yeah, getting ready and, for hot laps. And Bridgeport's <laughs> super cool because as of now, I, I believe I'm the only regular night female Saturday night driver on the big track. That's um, cool. So that's cool for me. And, you know, I love the little fans, the little girls. I've always been into, um, you know, motivating the little girls, showing them that they can do anything they put their mind to. And I see a lot of female racers say when they're on the racetrack, they put their helmet on and they're just another racer. But yeah. every every guy on the racetrack knows that that's not true. They know that you're a girl, whether your yeah. helmet's on or not. Yeah. You know, you're never just going to be another racer. So I think I, I I go out there and I race. Everyone everyone wants to try to win. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. Everyone mm-hmm. knows I'm a female. Of course, all these guys out there give me a hard time, smash my bumper in, whatever they got to do. I put up with it because I want to do it exactly what everyone else wants to do. I just want to go out there, have fun, and win. So. Yeah, you start start beating these guys in a couple yeah, of races. You start and you'll, them, and yeah, you yeah, start giving them what for. And you'll some you'll, yeah, you'll be just another driver, you know, to them. Once, <laughs> that, once you yeah, start beating that's them. That's right. Exactly, you know, yeah. You know, look at the other women in the sport, you know, Allison Rickey and, yep, you know. Reason, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. How you know. dare you say that about him? <laughs> no, I mean Mayor Stellfox. She was uh, she was pretty badass back in her day. You got McKenna Haas, uh, Harley White. Yeah, yeah oh, Christina Pratt in the sprint car. Yeah, yeah. Christina. Yeah. Pratt. So I, Gen- it, Jenna Shots. Yep. Jenna Shots when the sprint yeah. cars are there. Um, yes. There's a bunch of awesome females that come. Yeah, you know, absolutely. With the traveling series. Um, 
But to be there every week, every Saturday night, I'm really excited to especially go in the stands when I have breaks, um, you know, see the little girls out there who maybe dream of being a race car driver one day, influence some people, show some people that anyone could do anything they put their mind to. Um, you know, it's been tough growing up as a girl in racing. I had to learn a lot of lessons young. I had to learn right. to be tough, how to be strong. Um, and, you know, ever since then, you know, these grown men sometimes will come over to my pit and they'll be all angry and I got to stick up for myself and oh, get yeah. some, some donuts sometimes on their new bodies. But, you know, I love the crate cars. Um, I raced on the quarter mile in 270s for a long time. Um, That's where but, we met. <laughs> yeah, the, the full body race oh, cars. Nice. Yeah, the full body race cars and, you know, the bigger size motors, it's it's what I love. I dreamed of driving a crate car since I was five years old going into Egypt. So And here you and and, and here you are doing it. I'm living Living the dream. dream. It's it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So next question is for both of you. Uh When's the wedding? (laughs) When's the wedding? He's gotta get through med school first. Yeah, so the only way my dad approved and gave Kevin his blessing Uh... is that school first yeah I'm, yeah I'm a junior at Rowan so my undergrad will be done in 2023 so hopefully four years after that <laughs> if I can put up with them that long we'll see oh well you well, both are still pretty young so I mean there's there's no rush you know nope. no rush. I, just, I got married for the first time I, I don't even mm. <laughs> hold on my wife doesn't listen to the show so I'm okay hold on oh thank god all right <laughs> Uh, we got married two years yeah. ago, so I was like 33. So yeah, no rush, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm only 19, so I have. Oh, yeah. I yeah. have a seven year old. I'm 48, so I mean, it <laughs> happens when it happens. So you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no rush. No, that's awesome. So Kevin, if you yeah. ever need an assistant in the flag stand, dude, just call him. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I won't drop any flags on the track. I won't. I won't black flag Nick. You know, more That's than why once. I'm not allowed up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we keep it down to a three black flag rule? <laughs> well, <laughs> we could play over under on that too. Uh, what happened to Lab Pedal Podcast? The Clark is going to be assistant flag. Uh, so, how many times is Nick Sandone will do the over under? We'll set the over. At, we'll set the number at five. <laughs> Well, I will say, I heard a little birdie tell me that my dad should be ready for practice, if not for the main race. So he, he should be back up in the flag stand, hopefully. I was so, going to ask, how's he doing? How's your dad doing? He was, he's doing a lot better. He's doing a lot more walking around. With the cold weather, it's kind of hard for him. So he just kind of goes to stores just to walk around. I think he goes there just to go buy stuff, just to get out of the house. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's doing a lot better. He's planning on getting back to work within the next month or so. But and then it's only going from there. His lungs are getting a lot better. He's doing really well. I go over and see him whenever I can. And it'll be it'll be nice to have him back up in the fly stand. Now, will I let him jump right up into the front? I don't know. I might push him off to the back for a little. (laughs) Yeah, he's got to earn his he's got to earn his stripes back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of your dad, he just liked our, our Facebook page 28 minutes ago, so he's probably wanting to listen to your episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I, I've, I've really enjoyed watching your dad as a flagman over the years, uh, cause Bridgeport was like my, my home track. I always went to Bridgeport. So I've always watched your dad as a flagger and I've always, 
I've always judged other flaggers off of your dad. Like I've always used him as like the precedent, like, all right, well he does a really damn good job at it. And then I go watch other flaggers. I'm like, the hell is this guy doing? You know? <laughs> but then you get like the other really good flag, like Warren Austin, I think is an amazing flagger. You know, he's very animated. And that's, I like, your dad's not, a, not really animated in it, but he's, no. I don't know. You can just tell, you can tell he takes it very serious and he's just yeah. like, and I like that, but I also do like the animated guys too. Like I think Warren Austin makes it kind of fun for the, yeah. for, uh, you know, like the kids are watching and stuff. I will say the probably the most animated flagger that there is has got to be Farney with the super dirt guys. Oh yeah, yeah, he is, I think so too. Very, he gets very into it. I feel like that is that up in the flag scene. That's his place. He gets to be a kid all all he wants yeah. to do. He can do whatever he wants. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, get, I, think, I, think I always helped when he came to Bridgeport. Um, the couple times that the Super Dirt cars were there and they did their 100 laps, my dad had to go to work because they would call him in um, early to go into work at night. So right. he would leave. So that's where I kind of got, like, my first couple races of 100 laps to assist. But he he was always a pleasure to work with. I, I liked working with Barney. You only see him once a year. Right. But he, he's always a cool guy. He He's so funny to talk to. He definitely has a good personality to him. That's awesome. This question is for you, Kevin. Um, after a race or on a Saturday night, any drivers in any class ever come up to you and give you a little, like, hey, what the hell was that about? Uh, yeah, we get that sometimes. And most of the time, whenever somebody does come up to us, we always tell them, if you got an issue, Wait for Sunday when the video comes out, and you can watch what happened. And now, now instead of having the video, now we have flow. So, oh yeah, yeah. Twenty minutes that the race is over, you can go right back to it and go rewatch the whole night of racing to see exactly what happened. So it's nice, nice that they record the whole thing now, so you can just go back and skip to whatever part it was and get to watch the entire thing instead of just a little cut of what happened. Mm-hmm. So it def- yeah. definitely helps. But I've had big track guys, small track guys. I've had fans, crew members. We've had it all. But you just kind of hold Let your Let it roll off. Yeah. It's probably a Von Dorn fan. Probably a Von Dorn fan. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? You know, you should have black flag one through four so he could have won the race. <laughs> Now, uh, the first, you know, like the first time that Sarah came to Bridgeport and ran, how hard was it for you to focus on flagging <laughs> while also still trying to watch her? Well, knowing that at the time when I think she started, she was the only girl racing the 270s at Bridgeport. So, and my dad, he uh, he said, oh, look, there's that that's that new girl racing. <laughs> and new <that's>, girl. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he used to do the quarter mile, so he always referred her to the new girl. Right. And then I started following her on Facebook, and then I followed her on Instagram. And then it was like uh, last year, about halfway through the year, we started talking. She got, I think, like third or fourth place. And it was like right they were It was like right at intermission. And I ran behind the grandstands real quick, and I yelled to her. I said, good job out there. And then I ran back to the flag stand, <laughs> and, then, and it just went from there. Nice. Sarah, so have you ever won a race when Kevin was the starter? <laughs> I have not. I have not yet. Um, 
you know, he said that he'd be down way before his dad got down there. And I always thought that was funny. You know, he always said, I'll beat my old man down there to victory lane. I I said, if he's climbing down the ladder first, I'm jumping on his shoulders to get around him. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I'm going to be the first one on that podium. I'll be up there before she's even got her belts off. I've won a bunch of the kids in the quarter midget. You know, that's like such a family atmosphere, and it's Mm -hmm. so much fun to win with your friends. Um, Then it got a little more competitive in micros. I started winning races at Airport Speedway. I never won my two years or three years racing at Bridgeport on the quarter mile. Um, that's pretty competitive in the micro world. It's pretty tough to beat mm-hmm. those guys out there, just like on the big track. I mean, Bridgeport, yeah. I think, is one of the most premier racetracks on the East Coast. Um, and I, I think that the surface is great. The co- the competition is great. The weekly racing mm-hmm. is great. So from the small track to the big track, both of them. And I think they do a great job there. Um, and then I won a, a rookie race in the crate car, so I haven't won, you know, a big race yet or a weekly race. So that'll be our next goal. Um, hopefully it'll be under under Kevin's supervision, but we'll see. Now, now when you want to quarter the Porridge Gate coming, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Another you, Jersey uh, dirt track under scandal, under fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you wanted um, Blackbird in the quarter midget, were they was it USAC sanctioned at that time? Yeah. So when I started racing, it was still USAC sanctioned. Um, nice. I believe I believe they're still USAC sanctioned. I'd actually have to look into that. I know some places are. USAC still runs their quarter midget series, yeah. like their nationals every year. Um, you know, I think quarter midgets are dying a little bit. Um, you know, which makes me sad because they were so big when I was a kid. There were yeah. so many people there. Um, but it it it's crazy to think about where I started and where I am now. Um, you know, well, there's so so much room to grow and I'm literally living my dream like every day and every race I get to race at Bridgeport and get to rip around the high banks I like it's like living a dream well if you think about it since they're USAC sanctioned if you look in the record books you're a USAC winner oh yeah yeah. you've won a USAC race (laughs) you're you're up there with like Jack Hewitt and AJ (laughs) Foy and uh, Mario Andretti Brady Bacon that's pretty cool yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> my, my my son will be racing at Blackbird in a couple of years. Awesome. Cool. He's only uh, one and a half. He's, he's only one and a half right now, so he's a little. Oh, he's, he's got plenty of time. Yep. No, no, he's, he's yeah, it'll go. You'll see. It goes like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Sarah. This is well. Actually, it's gonna be for both of you. But I'm gonna ask Sarah first. We usually okay. we ask drivers this question: Who is on your Mount Rushmore of racing, living or dead? Oh, I was going to say, uh, before you answer this question, I believe Nick Sandone had to ask us how many people are on around Mount Rushmore. He didn't, I don't think he knew. Right. Is it four? You're in college. So I expect you to get this right. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's four. Yeah, there's four. There's yes. Four. Oh, my God. The med student. Oh, boy. Just let me go. Just let me go. <laughs> Just let me know what hospital you get a job at. Yeah, I'll go somewhere stay. else. I'll, you know what? Matter of fact, give me the fucking paddles. I'll do it myself. <laughs> um, I You probably hear this answer a lot. I love my Kyle Larson. Um, okay. Can't go wrong with that answer. I mean, he's a monster race car driver. Are you kidding me? Um, Mm -hmm. Growing up, I love Kyle Busch. I know I'll get some hate for that. Oh, man. (laughs) Wow. I know. Well, guys, it must be Parky Nick 
next to Nick Sandona. Oh, come <laughs> on. All right. The reason for that, I uh, I went to California to the Winter Showdown um, at Kern County in Bakersfield um, a couple of years ago. I watched him drive a late model, a super late model there, um, and to watch him, you know, go a little bit higher of an entry to chase down a car, use his lanes, um, on you know, on pavement even, it was just one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, you know, somebody so smart who can put their car where they need it to be. Um, mm-hmm. But it works on the racetrack, and that kind of stayed in my head forever. And okay. you know, I like I like his attitude a little bit. He doesn't get he doesn't put up with anyone's anyone's Crap. stuff, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then you know, there's always the guys that you you gotta love forever, like your Sammy Swindells. Um, I grew up really loving sprint cars. I always thought I was going quarter midgets, micro sprint cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that never happened. My dad was had mutual friends with Jason Leffler. Um and right. once once we lost him, my dad kind of steered away from um letting me get into a full size sprint car. He thinks the modifieds are a lot safer. Um, sure. you know, he he grew up around modifieds with his friends and my dad actually proposed to my mom after winning a demolition at derby at Wall Stadium. Oh nice. That's awesome. Nice. You know, my my mom's parents used to do mud hops at New Egypt, so it's I literally can't get away from it. Nice. All right, uh, Kevin. No, she's still missing two more drivers. Oh, oh yeah, you got two more drivers. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. You're me. <laughs> my grandfather and I, um, before I lost him, I was still racing quarter minutes when I lost him. Him and I used to obsess together over Dale Earnhardt. Um, that makes up for Kyle Busch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Him and I used to collect Dale Earnhardt cards. Um, when I lost him, I got to keep a bunch of our NASCAR collectible stuff. I still have them. I have a box full of nice. them. I'll put them nice. up in the showroom eventually one day. Um, there's, you know, there's your, there's your old guys and there's your young guys, and you have your mix of your favorites. And um, I don't know. I got to put Steve Davis up there on my Mount Rushmore for, for a local guy. I love me some Steve Davis. Um, I think he's a great driver. Um, I know I got lapped by him one time, and, you know, I was, I was behind him. He's he's lapping me, and I'm just watching him. I'm like, how is this guy so good at what he does? You know what I mean? He's got to teach me something. Yeah. So if I have to pick someone local, it'll, it'll be Steve Davis. Nice. Cool. Kevin, your turn. Well, I had to pick four people. It'd be the same one of them, the same as hers, Kyle Larson. He's all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can go and just win it. He's Arguably the greatest driver on the planet right now. Probably close to it. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he can. He's definitely a a wheelman of anything. He could probably stick him on a, a racing lawnmower and he'd go out and win something with that too. It don't probably. matter. He, probably. He's, as long as it pays, he'll be there. Heck yeah. Uh, another one would probably be Billy Powell Sr. He's he's always been good to me. He was good to my dad. He wanted uh, one of his first ever wins was with my grandfather. So my oh, grandfather. That's cool. So, so he was racing. He won with my grandfather. Uh, he's won with my dad, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year and the year before that, he won a couple races when I flagged the race, so he's the only oh, driver great. that races right now who has 
had a checkered flag flown from all three of us. That's awesome. That's pretty so, cool. It is, it is cool to know that there was somebody who knew my grandfather and actually took a checkered flag from him. And same thing with my dad. And then the same thing with me. I just thought that was always the coolest thing ever. Um, another one would probably have to be like Briggs Danner. He's a great oh, yeah. name. My, uh, my dad, he knew his grandfather really well. They were great friends when yeah. his grandfather was racing. My dad sends me pictures all the time from years and years and years ago of Briggs' grandfather racing. And he's just a great kid. He's, he's always nice. He always says hi to me. He's always waves everything. And right. you respect the driver. If the driver respects you, I'll give him the same respect back and mm-hmm. go from there. If you give me an attitude, I'll give you an attitude back. I mean, right. give them to take some. So, right. And then probably my fourth driver. Growing up, I always liked watching Jimmy Johnson, so I'd have to go with Jimmy Johnson. And now that he's gonna, he started running the 24-hour cars and everything at Daytona, and he's going into the Indy car. I just think I knew he wasn't done when he finished racing NASCAR, and I don't think he's gonna be done. He's he's pretty much Kyle Larson's on the same road that he is or was. But, so. but Kyle Larson's way better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Jimmy Johnson is Jimmy John, he's the Tom Brady of racing. <laughs> also, what else happened to a Casey Yeah, he, he started in the 250s, and, mm-hmm. and I like how he built his own empire of sprint cars, you know? Yep. We, uh, going back to Briggs Dan, and we had Briggs on the show, uh, like last, last year. Last year or whatever. <laughs> Uh, great, great kid, very well spoken. Yeah. Brian, yeah. Brian, and I both think in the next three years he's going to have a USAC national ride. Full time. Either USAC or somebody's going to try and put him in a 410 for a couple races, and he's going to do really good in that. And yep. then he might be running World of Outlaws full time too. One of the two. I mean, could be. I'm, me and Mike, yeah, me and Mike are huge USAC fans. So to be yeah. selfish, I want to see. I want to see him on the national, on uh, yeah. national tour. That's me. Yeah. I, I think I think his bread and butter's uh, the wingless stuff. But hey, who knows? Yeah, when he was racing Kurt Michaels' car, I when he uh, that last race of the year when they had the wingless race and then the winged race the next day, I remember going into the pits to go see her. And after I, I can't remember. Did he win that wingless race? He, yeah, he won the wingless yeah, race. He did win the, won the wingless one, but he didn't win the winged. But I remember going into the pits after the races, which I think there was one race after them, and they those guys already had the rear end out of the car, putting the winged rear end in, and they were going over the car. And those guys are great guys. And Briggs was over there giving them a hand with whatever they needed help with. Uh-huh. And then the next morning when we woke up from the camper and walked over, they had that car out. It was clean. Looked like it never even touched the racetrack yet, but it yeah. was same chassis, same everything. They just swapped everything to make it the winged car. And it, he's he can wheel a modified, a speedster, a 600, anything. Yeah. He's he's definitely good at it. TQ midget, yep. midget, third midget. I mean, yep. he's, he's, <laughs> he's potentially Kyle Larson type guy. Potentially yep. on dirt anyway. He he could. He's considerably like a young Kyle Larson. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he's from pretty much before he got into NASCAR. They're they're about the same size too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah, yeah. 
now, a bright uh, future for him. Kevin, as as a flagman, how hard is it for you not to to have favorites or or root for drivers on the track? Because like I could tell you before we started the podcast, you know, I had my favorite driver, I always root for this guy. And now that you know we do the podcast now and we meet drivers and talk to drivers and interview drivers. It's well, so hard not to root for those guys because we, we have an interaction oh. with them and we joke around with them, have a good time with them. So it's like, damn, I used to hate this guy. Like how, <laughs> and now now I'm like, well, he's actually a really cool guy. I, like, I, I want to root for him now. Yeah. So what my dad always taught me was everybody goes to the track to race. Right. So you being there is giving them to re- the reason to race because without a flagger, you have no race. You can't do anything. So if you're friends with all the guys and you could just go up to them, hang out with them, talk to them, even, even if, yes, some of them can be kind of like a tool, but some of them aren't. Right. If you still keep that connection with them, if you're good to them, they're going to want to keep coming back. There's, there's guys that used to race all the time with my dad who when he, uh, left Mahoning, a lot of them, they still send them messages on Facebook. They want him to come back because they, that's where he was from. So they right. want him back there. And then there's drivers at Bridgeport who say that they're going to stop racing at Bridgeport when my dad stops flagging. Or if he stops flagging, they're going to stop racing there. Or some car owners don't want to race at Bridgeport. They want to race somewhere closer. But the driver likes the flagger and everything, so they want to go to where he is. So you kind of just you build connections with people and then you you kind of just grow your your friends list at that point. So like everybody knows you. You can walk around the pits. Right. Pretty much everybody says hi to me. I it takes me uh forever when my dad was out when I would walk from her pit from the other side of the pits. I it would take me almost an hour to people go stop with you to say hi and everything. Yeah. When my dad was sick, it was took me even longer to get to the flag stand because everybody knew he was out. Everybody wanted an update. And it showed that there was a lot of people that cared for my dad and they care about mm-hmm. me and together as a, as a pair of flaggers. So it's, it is nice to know. And then like anybody who sells t-shirts and sweatshirts, we'll buy them. And we obviously don't wear them to the track, but we do it because they don't like, they might only make a couple bucks off of it, but it's still showing your support to them. Right. Support for them. Yeah, absolutely. We'll buy stickers from guys and we'll buy hats and t-shirts, sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. And it just, instead of going to the store and mm-hmm. go buying a plain sweatshirt, we could just wear racing sweatshirts all year long and, or yeah. t-shirts and everything. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we just try to support everybody because that's what's going to keep people coming back to the track is if you support them, you're nice yeah. to them, you give them an environment that they want to race at, they're going to want to keep coming there. So we won't tell all the fans that you're wearing an Alex Jankowski hoodie so that if yeah, we'll Alex that wins the, so if Alex wins, yeah, if, if Alex wins the Doug Hoffman Memorial at the beginning of the year, it's totally not rigged. Oh, so totally totally not rigged. Totally not rigged. He's, he's very nice. He always Yeah, he's a good he, kid. He's up on the front stretch doing his hundred lapper on the hundred and first lap. The first one to get to him, help him get out of the car. The first thing that he asked me as soon as he got out of the car, did I win that race? That was the first thing that he asked me, and I told him that you won the race the lap before. I said you were already done the race. He's like, 
I thought that was the checker, but I wasn't sure. So he's like, I just kept my foot in it and went for it. <laughs> we we had Alex oh, on too, and he I'd actually started. That, yeah. He actually started interviewing us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he flipped it. He flipped it on us. Yeah, it was pretty. It was, it was pretty funny. To hang out with. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. That whole that whole family's cool. Yep, yeah. they are. There really isn't any favoritism because uh, I know the last. Maybe the last two races of the year, I got a blue and a blue and orange flag from Kevin. And I yeah. was pretty, I was pretty <laughs> upset. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I <laughs> oh, have a question. Cars. I have a yes, question about that flag because there's obviously social media is huge and, and yep. every, everyone's everyone's an expert. You there's know what I mean? Owner. Yeah, everyone's a car owner, a starter. So, a so that that flag, what does that flag represent? Is it because people always like? Oh, it means move over, or, or other people are like, oh, it means hold your line, the lead, so the leaders can get around you. What does that flag mean? At Bridgeport, we have the flag and we have the blue light. Oh yeah, usually, I see the light. Usually, we'll when you're about seven or eight car lengths, the leader seven or eight car lengths back, we'll flat, we'll hit the foot pedal for the light. We'll flash the light a couple times to let you know that the leader's coming, and we'll try to we'll take the flag and we'll try to wind you up. Just to right. let you know that that leader, he's coming and he's going to be there quick. And then once the leader gets closer and closer, instead of hitting the foot pedal a couple times, it'll be solid. But we'll still wind it up to let you know that he's like he's there. He's, he's going to be there in a, in a second. And then as soon as you as soon as we throw the blue flag, we'll still hit the pedal, but we'll hit it a couple times to let you know he's there. And then we'll lay on the pedal and show you the blue flag. And at Bridgeport, there's a lot of lines. And some of the guys run the low line. Some of the guys run the high line. There's guys that run the middle. There's guys that run the fence. Like, there's yeah. there's a line everywhere on that track. So, usually, at Bridgeport, we try to say, hold your line so the leader can make his choice of move because right. there's so much track surface there to where if that guy's on the bottom – and he's going to slide up the track. If you see him run to the bottom and you know he's going to slide up from watching him the last couple laps that you're coming on to him. Right. You can adjust. And you can adjust and yeah. slide down the track to pass him. Like some tracks I know are kind of tight, like New Egypt. So a blue flag would kind of mean like hang to the bottom or move up a lane or something. Bridgeport, mm-hmm. it's, it's just hold your line or – Try to stay out of the way the best you can, but really just hold your line because the leader is going to come on quick. And we we have had some guys where the leader was in his line and somebody moved up and they just fed him the right rear or fed him the front bumper to the rear bumper and just moved him out of the way huh. themselves. Sometimes and, you got to use it. Yeah, sometimes you just got to use yeah, the chrome horn. The chrome horn, you know what I mean? Just move him out the way. Remember depends, that, Sarah. I guess it depends on the place. Yeah, whether, it definitely does. You know. I, you know, I've been lapped a million times. I'm not 100% <laughs> smooth yet in the crate right. car. You know what I mean? It's bound to happen. Um, I did hold up, you know, Travis Hill for a couple laps there. He couldn't get by me. But <laughs> Brian Papias, I did hold him up a couple couple times there with the blue flag. Um, no, but it usually means hold your line. You know, if, if you're getting the light and they're winding you up with the blue folded up, just I, I like to just keep my line and show them yeah. where I'm going to be for the next few yeah. laps so they can watch me. Once that flag comes out fully, just stay where you are. They know that you've been here for the last couple laps. They can be smart. You're not going to win the race if you're being lapped. Right. You know what I mean? Don't ruin the race for the leaders. 
because they're just getting pissed off at you. You know, so pick a spot, run that way so that they see where you are, and just it's it's courteous racing. You know, what I mean, it's just out of respect. The first time that I had to give her the blue flag, I was like, man, I'm gonna hear a lot of shit from her when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a quiet. It's gonna be a quiet month, huh? <laughs> it's, probably, it's, probably, it's probably a good thing you're not married yet. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Because on your 96th wedding anniversary, she's gonna remember that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you gave me the blue flag for the first time. Right. Yeah. You guys are like eight. You guys are like your 90s. Oh yeah. Oh, you're going to hear about it before you die. It's, yeah. it's gonna happen. You guys are gonna, yeah, you, you guys are gonna get an argument about something totally different, and she's gonna be like, "Well, you remember that one time when you gave me the blue yeah. flag, yeah, and twenty-seven years like, ago?" And you should be like, "What?" Dude, they do that. They save stuff like that. It's like they have a storage unit. Um, shit is gonna get come back at you. I'm serious. Yeah, it could be fifteen years from now. To be, they know exactly when to play that too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. It's like, boom, I'm like, okay, that's it. It's done. Yeah. And my wife, got, I mean, I love her to death, but she'll watch, like, some stupid trash TV show where the guy's cheating on the girl, and then she yells at me for it. I'm like, <laughs> what did I do? Oh. <laughs> You're a guy. That's what you did. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, See? Like, oh, whatever. Uh, Sarah, I got a question. Uh, what female... What female racer, if any, do you look up to? Oh, my gosh. Easy, easy question. Um, <laughs> you actually mentioned earlier, Harley White. Oh, nice. so okay, yeah. She is so strong. I mean, then mm-hmm. in the 600, yeah. and, and then that, that's scary. You know what I mean? She has yeah. scars on her back from, yep. from the accident and the fire, and she still continues to this day to to you know break break barriers and and you know do things that other women haven't done before. I mean, before um, Kaylee Bryson just broke this new record at the Chili Bowl to be the first woman yeah. in the evening. That was Harley, cool too. Yeah. Yeah, Harley White held that record before her, which nice. she's another one that I like. Um, Kaylee Bryson. I think Natalie Decker is really cool. She has um, arthritis yeah. and she fights through yep. that. She's a much strong one. Um, but definitely if I had to choose one, it would be Harley White. I mean, she is badass. Are you kidding me? Badass. It's what she, yeah, it's, it's what she said after the accident that did it for me. She said, if I never got back in that car, I might as well just died that night. Yeah. I was like, true. okay, you're a badass. I'm your fan of yours. That was, I yeah. That. That, yep. She is, she is one badass race car driver. And she if is. I just need one female to look up to, it would be her. Cool. That's very cool. So um, I got a question for you guys. Yeah, what's up? All right. What would you rather do? Be in a modified a sprint car, or would you rather be in the flag stand at Bridgeport, knowing how close the cars come to the wall and how fast and the slide jobs of Bridgeport? What would you rather? Um. So hold on, because there's variables <laughs> here. All right. I got. I have my answer. Go ahead, Mark. Are we the car owner of the car we're driving, or is somebody else footing the bill? No, you're the car owner. <laughs> yeah, put me in the flag stand. <laughs> All right, I- I'm going to be the flagger while I'm racing at the same time in a modified. <laughs> so the blue flag, I'll just be going. I'll just be hanging the blue flag out out of the window and show. You know, that's. <laughs> Buy the blue flag. Just drive around with the checkered flag. You already won it. That's <laughs> all. Black flag too. Yeah. Like, 
And I'm black flagging Nick too. And Nick has to race against me in his street stock too. That's that's a, that's the only way I'm going to do it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's a tough question to answer. That, that It'd be cool to get really one to try a lap or two, but to be yeah. up there and see the car, that's a rush in itself too. I, I will no, say, I up in the and there is a lot of variables because we we control the lights up there, so right. we're the ones who turn the lights off, go red, yellow, green. We have control mm-hmm. of the blue lights. Um, Green's getting ready for the first. I, it's, oh man! <laughs> it this is where people don't really get it too much. We, me and my dad. My dad taught me that you have to count the laps on your own. You count the leader. Because sometimes the scoreboard might be off a lap or something like that. That's happened before. So you have to count your own laps. And then he also told me you have to make sure you keep track of the top five cars. Because if anything happens to the first place, the second place, the third place, you got to know who's next in line if they're in lap traffic. So as we're watching over the race, making sure everybody's safe, cars are safe, nothing's happening. We're also counting all the laps in our head. We're paying attention to who is the lap car to the top five guys because uh, we give the top five cars all the same advantage to the lap car. So we have to know what lap cars where. We have to know who the top five is. And then we have to also know who is outside the top five, who can possibly potentially break the top five that you have to pay attention to on top of that and be cautious of the environment that's around you if, we can, uh, up in the flag stand, we can definitely tell a driver is going to have an issue with their car before they even know that there's an issue wrong with the car. So it's very easy to tell modified crate cars and street stocks what the motor sounds like as they come by. We oh, can, yeah. we can yeah. predict a motor is going to like pretty Whoa. much blow a, two or three laps before it even starts smoking. And being up in the flag stand, we can smell a tire rub better than anybody up there because they're literally right underneath of you. We can tell any damage on the car as they come by. It's very easy to tell up in the flag stand. So we try to let some drivers know on the in-car, hey, you might want to check your gauges. It ain't sounding right. And then sometimes some of them guys just they'll keep running and running and running. And tell them to smoke, hey, you're showing some smoke. You might want to kill it. And then. Within seconds from there, that motor just let loose, and there's stuff on the track now. And we we try to give everybody that edge by telling them to save their stuff because there's right. some guy yeah. that's all yeah. and that's all they got is one motor. So we try to give you that advantage, like, hey, something doesn't sound right. We don't want you to hurt your stuff. You might want to just kill it right there. And some guys will listen, some guys won't, and the guys who don't, they definitely have paid it. But the guys I have, uh, I've had, uh, man, who was it? I think, I don't, I think it was Howie Finch because I got on the in car and I, I told him, Hey, I, something doesn't sound right with your car. You got, take it in. It, it's not going to last. And then he did take it in and it was, uh, I believe a valve spring came loose oh, nice. and it was, it was almost ready to drop the valve and you just saved him a ton of money. Save, you definitely save money somewhere. And there's there's a bunch of guys. My dad always taught me to listen to the car as they go by. Make sure you know what they sound healthy, and you'll know exactly what they sound like when they're ready to let loose. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's definitely nice to be up in the flag stand because you get that point of view that some of the grandstand people don't get. 
Now I'll tell you, I've, I've done the, the Kenny Wallace experience and mm-hmm. I'm somewhat claustrophobic. So when I, when I strapped into the car and pulled the belts tight, I'm like, nope, I don't like <laughs> this feeling at all. Nick's car is nothing claustrophobic to a crate car who modified. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't, I do not like this yeah, feeling at all. Not, not, not being able to move. Like I do not like this feeling at all. So yeah. now I just got to wait for you to invite me up for hot laps in the, t- in the, in the flag <laughs> stand. And I'll tell you which one I like better. I, I will say though that flag stand shakes a lot. It moves a ton. That's okay. I'm that, used to being up on scaffolding and stuff and scissor lips. Scaffolding. That's a little more sketchy then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. I'm, so, glad yeah. You, I'm glad you brought up who owns the car because I turned 19 this past December, and mm-hmm. when we finally bought my first crate car. Um, it turned into 100% my car. Yep. Um, I'm financially responsible for it, so I am the car owner. I'm the financially mechanic here that supplies tools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the expensive stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right? Being the car owner of my own car has changed a lot of things for me. I spend a lot more time in the garage than I used to. I used to spend okay. a lot of time, but now that you have to make sure everything's perfect because you don't have as much help. Um, I've been blessed my whole racing career to have my dad. Um, he's been so helpful. He's, you know, empowered me to do all of this, him, my mom. Um, but they kind of pushed me to do some, some racing on my own here. Um, and I, I had car owners before in my 600 driving in mm-hmm. my freight racing. Um, when someone else owns the car, you, you drive a little bit differently. Um, right. When it's your own car, even you drive a little bit different. Me, I, I mean, I ripped the bumper off the off the damn thing. I can't keep it. I can't keep it. Off you know, wall. I can't keep it clean. I, I like to race. I like to race hard. But um, it is it is a different breed when when you're financially responsible and you're young and you and you have to really mature up. And um, you know, I'm not young anymore. I'm not racing with teenagers and and micros. You know, I'm racing with some of the top guys on the East coast who right. you know, travel with STSS and have ran with the yeah. before and have been around the ring around and, you know, have driven in some of the top series around here. And, you know, they come race at Bridgeport and here I am battling with them in a heat race and in the future. So it's, it's cool to think, you know, I, I own my own car and I'm racing out here with these guys who have so much experience who you can consider veterans. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And there's so many guys out there and, you know, they're really helpful and they're so willing to teach you and help you learn. And it's, I think it's really awesome. Now, uh, with you saying that you're financially responsible for the car, does that mean you also seek out your own sponsors and all that? Or do you have yeah. help with that? Yeah. So, um, I've always done that by myself. I've never had like, um, a PR person or like a, a quote unquote manager. Um, right. So I grew up in Pemberton, um, in New Jersey, and there really isn't a whole lot around here. Um, so I've always been low buck of a team compared to some other people, even even in quarter midgets. Right. You know what I mean? um, even in quarter midgets, you could be lower funding than someone else. Um, but luckily, I have found, you know, in the, the most recent years, some amazing, generous, you know, sponsors. Sunglass um, Central Design Provision, Roger Manning, those guys are awesome. Um, Acerbos, Auto Trim and Lettering, Downsendal Winery, Score, Sand and Stone, 
um, Sweetwater. Sweetwater Marina and Riverdeck. They're on board. And, you know, you really find people who become your family. Right. And when when you have that support behind you, it, it makes it all the more meanwhile and all the more worth it. Well, normally we give you a segment to thank your sponsors, but you already did well, that. Well, you just so. did that. Yeah, <laughs> you just did that. You just did that. Yeah, yeah, you just did that. Already a step ahead of you. It's like we watched the shows before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I doubt you guys have. So, it's, but it's fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not now, many, now you're lying not, to us. Not many, not many people come on do listen. It's fine. It's not a big deal. We yeah, no, I no, no hard feelings. Yeah, I got. I gotta have something. Don't expect an invite. Or, yeah, uh, an invite again. But you know, <laughs> no. I always listen. I gotta listen to something when I'm working on cars, so I don't have to listen to everybody else's air hammers going off in the background. Yeah, it's true. That's oh. true. We we do have some people. Uh, like Nick's Nick's dad is a. Uh, uh, he listens yeah, every. He listens every episode. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty cool. And there's yeah. a guy, uh, Timber Jay from Fonda. He's a big supporter of us, and he listened he, to Rocky Warner's episode a thousand times. <laughs> uh, and we have some drivers too that listen a lot. Uh, like Mike Moresca listens to every episode. Oh, uh, who else? Uh, there's another. Isn't there another? Williamson driver? will once in a while. Yeah, Matt Williamson when he's not drinking Bud Light and eating chicken wings. <laughs> no, he switched beers. Remember. He's oh, a yeah. cool dude. You guys ever get a chance to meet Matt Williamson? Meet him. He's he's a good dude. Yeah, when he comes down to the Super Dirt Car Race this year at Bridgeport, go yeah, over to Australia. Yeah. Tell him to come to the flag stand. Bring something over. We don't get much up there, but. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'll wear a Star Nicola t shirt? I'll save him one. <laughs> a pink one. He, he probably would, honestly. Probably wear, oh, yeah, yeah. When I met him at Orange County, he was wearing a pink shirt. So, yeah. Like, I always come to Williamson. <laughs> Yeah, Matt Williamson's a super nice guy. He's Canadian. They're all a little wacky, the Canadians. So yeah, we actually have his we actually have his dad on the next week. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. so we'll try to get you a Bicknell chassis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll try to get you a free Bicknell chassis. I love We're gonna try to get yours. I love my Troyer. I don't know. I know there's. Oh wow, you have a Troyer. Oh, wow. That's one thing we didn't ask. What chassis she's running? Yeah. I do. I ran. Cool. I ran an RTS 270. Um, I never branched from RTS, and I ran Hyper for my 600. Um, right. And my rookie crate car that was a Troyer. I learned everything Troyer when I started racing crates. Um, and my my teammate Johnny had a TO, um, but I stuck with my Troyer and I learned the ins and outs of it. So when it was time for me to get my own car, and I found a Troyer. I really like the the TD1, TD2 style, um, the older years. I think mine is a 2010. Um, I think the older years are a lot stronger. Um, I think they have a good foundation, and I think you can. Especially to learn from. Yeah, you can yeah. a little. You can go down a couple of for a while. Yeah, go down. Go down, down, yeah. Tim Sears Jr. from Upstate's running a trailer, and actually did had quite a good season last year with it. Yeah, Ryan Watt just displayed his TD5 at Motorsports. Um, a lot of legends have written that under that name. Yeah, I love I I love my Troyer. I think it works. I think it's simple. Yeah. Um, and I think I think Big Nail's so big because. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Troyer Troyer's probably better than Tio at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did I say that out loud? I don't know. I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> I, I don't see uh, Bobby Hearn trying to come on the show or Matt Hearn, so. 
No, Matt Hearn said we Matt Hearn said he, we could go up there and do a tour of the facility whenever we wanted. Yeah, you know that's it. Oh, that's gonna be a total shut your phones off, put them in this thing here, like we're getting they'll put the hood over our heads to bring us into place. You know how that's gonna go. Chassis donations are always welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. See, my my Troyer is older, so I don't have a left side pan hard mount. I don't have a lot of the newer stuff that these other guys have, so um, it is a core front, force and rear. Um, so it's not a four bar or a four coil car like some of these guys are starting to run at Bridgeport. It's literally the basic. It's old school, and that's how I learned. And we're making it work. You know what I mean? You don't have mm. to the the newest of the new to make it work. We've been making the right side pan hard work. Um, and it's literally all about learning, feeling the car. I like to come off the racetrack, and I like to be able to tell you exactly what I feel, what the car is doing, what the track's going to do. And I think that learning how to do that for my my crew and myself is one of the best things that I could have ever done, is understanding what you feel and what you can do to make the car better. You know who you go ask advice on setups at Bridgeport? Who? Ryan Crachin. The kid is a genius. <laughs> he, is. he is an absolute genius. He is. I am a fan of Ryan Crachin. Yeah, he, he is. is. He's he a cool. Is, yeah, he's so smart. And, like, just, like, what he showed us, he had all these setup sheets, like, right on his phone, yeah. like, for, like, different weather, different, tra- like. different track. Yeah, yeah, and then he takes me in the trailer, and he's showing me how to, like, dyno a shock, and I'm like, dude. Yeah. You, lost, you lost me as soon as you put in the damn machine. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, you lost me with all the numbers. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I, I'm i a plumber, for Christ's sake. I glue, you know, yeah. shit, shit flows downhill and payday's on Friday. Like, you don't have to be a genius to, to figure it out. I you have know? my binder with all my setup sheets. I write everything down, every change, how much the tire grows after a race, how much, you know, oh, it's there. I mean, I like to be detail oriented because I like to understand, right. you know, why, mm-hmm. is this, why does this feel like this after this change? And I still have so much to learn. I probably don't even know half of what some of these other guys, veterans know out here. So I have so much to learn still. And that amazes me. And that makes me curious. And that makes me want to keep racing and keep figuring out more and keep getting closer to that win. Well, if you think about it, you'll you'll never learn everything you need to learn because you got guys like Matt Shepard and Stu. They're still learning stuff, you know, because yeah. technology is always always changing. So you know, yeah. they're, Matt they're still constantly. Matt Way, yeah, Matt Way, yeah, yeah. They're always constantly. Whose father owns half of uh, Bicknell Chass? Yeah, there's always something new coming out, and you got to figure oh. out that new. How's it going to work here, here, and shocks and tires and staggers and all that stuff. Yeah, the track conditions are never going to be exactly the same. They will never be the same. You have to be able to move track. Is it going to get slick? How did it feel in warm-ups? Was it wet enough? Was it, you know? Right, is it going to get a little more humid tonight? Will the track hold a little more moisture in? Yeah, and driving. Will it take rubber rubber quicker? Yeah, driving the 270, I learned a whole lot about air density, humidity, um, you know, the quality of the air because those motors would choke up if you were not jetted right and it was oh, two strokes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those two strokes yeah. taught a whole lot. So, yeah. yeah I'm, I, an, I, I'm anti two stroke motor. I hate two stroke motors. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so I'm up there with Craig and I watch even the weather. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, two stroke motors. What the track's doing. 
I don't text her anything. I just make sure she's okay after races. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, buddy. Don't be the next scandal. Please do not be our next scandal. Don't. No. Yeah, don't then, do it. Then Bailey Jr. is going to leave do. and go somewhere else. Yeah. 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 If you do, you better hide that shit good when we ain't going to find it. it, it I'm going to say this year is def- – last year was definitely Bridgeport's breakthrough year. And I feel like this year is definitely going to be the best year that Bridgeport it's has. It's going to be a monster year. In a oh, yeah. long, long time. I'm I looking think... forward to a monster year at my home track in Orange County, too. There's a lot going on over there. So I think it's pretty cool that what Doug did is amazing. And then my track started to come back. And it's going to be a great racing season all around, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And I like the new um... – the Elite Series with SGSS, I yep. think. Um, yeah, congratulations. Up. Congratulations, Stuart Freezing, on winning that. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, everything's Spons- Sponsored by Hallmark. Give him the championship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited Ryan, to Ryan, go down. Yeah, I like to watch the top guys, those big black guys. I like to see, you know, even if it's just on flow, whether it's weekly at Bridgeport, I watch every race that I can because the only thing you can do is learn from those those top guys. Yeah, what they're they doing, right? Yeah. What are they doing with the track looking like this? Why are they doing this? Or how are they setting up to pass this car? I mean, every chance that I get, I'm watching a race. And it, yeah, it's, absolutely. it's, it's like instinct. You know what I mean? It just. I do the same thing. We, Brian and I do the same thing. We watch races all the time, but it's not to figure out why they're doing that. We're like, you know, take that son of a bitch out. Yeah, why did he pinch him down? I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, that's us. But um, Steve Kinzer, when he used to come, when the Outlaws would come, like, in their New York swing, Steve Kinzer, would, when they were doing time trials and heats, if he wasn't racing, he was on top of his trailer watching everybody. Yeah. So if the 20 time, considerably, arguably the best sprint car driver of all time, I mean, so there you go. You're doing observing. <laughs> Kyle Larson's getting up there. Yeah, he's all hyped, though. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> he sold out the NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, really. What is that about? Sell, sell out. <laughs> sell out. Uh, I got uh, before we let before we let you guys go. I got one final question for Kevin. Oh, um, when when these when these touring series come in, and you know they obviously have their own flagger. Mm-hmm. Has any of them ever been like? kind of like a, a dick, like it's just kind of like not yeah. like – because I've heard World Outlaws can be a handful Very of snooty, yeah. yeah. I've well, heard the same thing. The World of Outlaws, they do have their own officials, but they don't have their own flaggers. So they use okay. the flaggers of the track. So when they came last year, they had me and my dad officiate the race from the flag stand, and they they have their own radio, so you have to be on their channel – the only thing that stinks or sucks about their radios is their radio also talks to the drivers, too. So whatever the flagman says, the drivers the driver can also hear it. So it's kind of like everybody's got to be hush, hush, quiet, quiet. But it's a lot easier to run a race when it's like that because you don't have people talking over you. You don't have people doing this or people, hey, this, like, you don't have any anything. It's just a quiet radio channel. Until something yeah. happens, right. then it becomes active. But other than that, I mean, when Nicole and Warren, when they come with USAC, me and my dad, if it's just Nicole, I'll help her out for, like, the heat races. 
and then I'll swap with my dad. My dad will go to the infield for the heat races. I'll help Nicole. And then when it's feature time, he'll help Nicole in the flag stand. And I'll go to the infield and I'll go sit with like Eddie Barber or one of them in the tow trucks. And I just like to get a different point of view of the track. So like the being a push truck for the USAC, it, it's different. Like you don't ever get to yeah. see that in the flagger. Um, and then Warren, when he comes with them, if he needs help, I got no issues. My dad's got, we have no issues helping him. Uh, same thing with Farney. I mean, he, he comes once a year with super dirt guys and he first thing he always tells us as soon as he climbs up the flag stand, he's like, I'm sorry guys that I'm going to invade your personal space up here. He's like, they just pay me to be here. He's like, I'm, I feel bad. But I gotta, he's like, I feel bad. I got to take your stand away. And we always tell him, oh, don't worry about it. He said, this is the, this is your, your night to have here. He's like, you don't get to see it very often. He said, yeah. so we always tell him, just enjoy it while you're here because yeah. you've got a busy season ahead of you. So, and enjoy the time that you actually can watch it. Yeah. Does he, does he flag Atlanta Legends when he's not doing super dirt? I think so. I'm not a hundred percent sure because I know he he did uh, the Super Dirt, the entire Super Dirt series is what he does. He um, he did Bristol when they had the late mod, the Super Late Models, the World of Outlaws, yeah. the Modifieds. He did all of that. Uh, he does Volusia. I think he does Knoxville Nationals too. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, he he does a lot. He's definitely a very busy man. I mean, to go from racing a Monday night to a Wednesday night to Thursday to Saturday, Sunday, and do it from February or January. All the, it, yeah. all the way to November, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely a busy guy, but he's he's probably the nicest flagger, that a uh, traveling flagger that you only see once a year. Right. But he's the coolest guy. He's nice. He's chill. He, he apologizes for getting up into your flag stand as soon as he gets up there. And – we just we like having him around. He's just a nice guy to have around. And we've only they've been coming to Bridgeport or he's been coming to Bridgeport with the Super Dirt. I think the last four years or something is yeah four or five years that Bridgeport's had the Super Dirt there. And from just that one night that we get to talk to him, it's almost like he's part of the Bridgeport family and the Flagmans. Like we just him, Warren, Nicole, all of us. It's kind of like we're all just a group of people. And then, uh, same thing with Terry at new Egypt. That's my uncle. So he, um, he was trained by my dad too. And now he does, he does new Egypt and me and my dad do Bridgeport. That's awesome. Yeah. Whole, whole family affair. Well, yeah. we, uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time. Yeah, thank you guys. With you guys us are great. Tonight. Um, and we wish, you know, Sarah, we wish you the best of luck at uh, Bridgeport this year. Kevin, we wish you the best of luck. Don't drop any flags this year. Not that I've seen you drop any, but don't drop any <laughs> flags unless you're launching one at Nick's car. Totally okay. Right, yeah, go for it. I'm going to make a gun like a potato gun. You shoot the flags, you just shoot right at Nick. Pop. Yeah. I don't know. That black flag might come out if he uh, if he tells me. He's have, when he's in his seat, just have all black flags. As soon as he comes out, as soon as he comes out for hot laps, just black, black flag him. I flag him while he's coming into the pits before he parks. Black flag him. <laughs> you got to be in the pits to help Sarah. Come on, go back there. Yeah, yeah. I'll come exactly. down for that night. If you let me black flag him all the time, I'll come down that night. <laughs> he's going to the bathroom. Black, I'll be standing at the urinal or something black flagging him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you guys. And, uh, you know, thank best, you. Yeah, thank abso- you. yeah, absolutely. Best of luck. 
best of luck to both of you going forward and, and uh hope that you guys have a nice, healthy relationship and good luck with you guys get married in a couple of years or whatever whatever you decide to do. Send out reminder cards in a yeah. couple of years. <laughs> there we go. We won't forget. We'll do a family and a racing wedding. It'll be two. <laughs> oh, awesome. there you go. That'd be perfect. Yeah, you just gotta get. You guys got to get married in the winter time. It's just what it is. What it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Get, get married. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, you guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, see you guys. Guys later. Yep. yep. See you guys. That was. That was. That was fun. That was fun. That was Sarah, great. Sarah. Nap- I forgot her last name. Napora. Napora. Sarah Napara, Napora and Kevin Golden, both Bridgeport this year, so. Yeah. Very good, uh-huh. uh, very impressive young, young couple there. Especially yeah. her. She's, she's, she's bad. She's pretty badass. I haven't seen her yeah. really race. Like, okay, I'm sold. Go for a young lady. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so obviously that interview ran pretty long, so we really don't have a whole lot for you guys this week. No, uh, there ain't nothing happening today, so. Next week, though, we do have uh, Randy Williamson from Big Nail Chassis coming on. And and we're going to do a special Tuesday night show oh, with, with the World of Outlaws sprint car driver, Logan Schuhart from Shark Racing. That's going to be so, fun. Both nights are going to be great. So we got a little, little special uh, back-to-back episodes next week for you. Um, hasn't really been any racing, so we don't have any racing to report on. Soon, so very kinda, soon. I'm kind of glad that interview was long because there's not really a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, there's not really talk about. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. No, there is there, nothing's really happened. Yeah. Now, uh, After February 12th, when it starts, with all tech and USAC starts, then then we're, then we're on. Uh, yeah. Um, the NASCAR clash is coming up out at the Coliseum, and it's going to be yeah, so nobody cares. Stupid. Yeah, nobody so cares. I did. I watched a video of them like riding. They did like a a lap around the track, and like somebody's videotaping. I'm like, I go faster than this on the interstate. It's a quarter mile. It's like yeah, it's gonna be a I, wreck fest. Yeah, I love uh, like the bull rigs. It's it's fun sometimes, but I, I don't. Dirt. They're having cars. On, on yeah, dirt. dirt. Yeah, on when dirt. they just kind of throw it in. Yeah, you're yeah. kind of. You know, rubbing's right. There's a lot of rubbing and banging on it, of course, on the quarter mile dirt tracks or whatever. But I, I, I don't know, you, dude. Yeah, asphalt when you have to slow down to ten miles an hour to navigate yeah, the turn. It, it's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the course, and like, you, and you hit forty five. You come out, you're off. Yeah, as soon as you as soon as you come off, you're off the turn. And the exit, you're, you're on and off. Like, all right, I got to float it in for the turn next. Yeah. Kind of pick it up halfway, like yeah. I don't. Made, I don't know. Just made it like a go kart race or something. Uh, our six hundreds, our TQs on it would have been cool. Oh, TQ, put the NASCAR. Driver oh on. yeah, that would have been TQs badass. A badass. Yeah, NASCAR, come on, you, NASCAR, you suck. Let us put us in charge of coming up. We're with gonna make shit. this shit fun. Yeah, uh, probably everybody in that field has come from TQs or quarter or something. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do let's do that. Yeah, NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. NASCAR. Let me get, get rid of your uh, your promotions guy. He's terrible. You know, let uh, us deal I, with it. Let us do it. Yeah, I mean, what's next? A cannibal run across the country? I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, uh, 
you guys are just have, I don't just know. Put, put the clash back at Daytona and leave it be. Like it's tradition. And I don't like tradition. Yeah, and the clash is what it used to be the Bud Shootout, right? Now it's the clash. Is that what it is? Well, there was the Bush Clash. Then I, then I think it was the Bud Shootout. Both beers are made by the same brewing company. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the Bush Clash. Then the Bud Shootout before or after the Bush Clash or something. I, I don't know. But it was day, part of I all part be- of Daytona Speed Weeks. They tell you had the Bush Clash, yeah. you had the Bulls, or the Gatorade 120, the Twin 125s. So well, they're 150s so, now. Yeah, yeah, see what I mean? Just, like, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think whatever. I think it became the Bud Shootout when uh, Budweiser got real big with Dale Jr. and everything. Maybe yeah. Okay. So it's probably, yeah. So it used to be the Bush Clash. Now it's just called the Clash. I mean, I can see tweaking some of the format a little bit, but kind of leave the foundation of what it. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. not move it to a freaking football field. And and on the West Coast. <laughs> on the West Coast, yeah. Like so. So Speed Weeks is still taking place in Daytona, but you got to go to the I West Coast. I, I know. The, and know. then try, like, dude, how much money is it going to cost per team for this nonsense? We could be all in the same effing spot. Next year, the Daytona 500 is going to be on this quarter mile track, you know, yeah. in in Las yeah, Vegas yeah. or in Los Angeles. You know, it's just that's that's but something NASCAR would do. Yeah, but yeah, but qualifying still takes place at the Daytona International Speedway. It does, and then the Gatorade duels are actually going to be at Michigan Wisconsin. Speedway. Yeah, okay, or Michigan, Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, we'll go up a little yeah. north there. Yeah, 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 and then we'll disperse from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like you know. Uh, hey guys, the uh, Richmond race this year is actually going to be raced on New Smyrna <laughs> Speedway. <laughs> 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 Alright, we're taking Martin for out. We're going to the Hardy Valley, everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 like. Jesus. Oh yeah. my god. I'm, I'm, I am <laughs> glad that. Uh, call it 600. We'll now be ran at Bethel. <laughs> and it still has to be a 600 mile race, too. So what is that, like 2,000 laps? <laughs> yeah, Bethel's only a quarter mile, I think. Yeah. It's like 2,000 laps, but it's a six. They should, just, they, should, they should just ran the clash at Bethel. They wouldn't even have to build a track. It would have saved them a bunch of money. It's already there. It's already there. Yeah, it's already there. It's just the same track. It's a flat hat or a flat quarter mile. Uh, uh, Having it at the PPL Center in January, part of the indoor racing series. Yeah, yeah. Or or at least go to Atlantic City for the boardwalk race. You know, yeah, that way. The boardwalk, why don't you? Yeah, <laughs> on the boardwalk. Have a boardwalk or something. Yeah, yeah hell. You know, we'll take Daytona, the Daytona beach racing tradition and we'll just move it to Atlantic City. In the winter, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. While you're at it, let's have an ice fishing tournament off the coast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What is it? <laughs> yeah, an ice fish. That's how you qualify. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest purchase has the pole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we could just keep going on and on with this. <laughs> NASCAR is just a, it's a joke. It really is a joke, you know. It's not even funny anymore. It really, it's. Yeah. It used to be that I used to love it, and now it's I don't even know what this thing is anymore. As I haven't watched and not going to. Dude, the same's true. NASCAR died when Dale died. 
Yeah. It, it is what it is. Really that. No, it wasn't. And they, At all. And I think they lost a lot of fans after that. And then they're trying to do all these new gimmicks and everything to try to not only bring a fan base back, but bring a younger fan base in. And it's, Why couldn't it's not, you do that along, progressively along? Yeah. yeah I think you would make okay shape. Get rid of the playoffs. There's no playoffs in racing. That's the dumbest thing I've ever and, heard. And stage racing. Shorten the races. Yeah. Like, and, and get rid of this stupid-ass stage racing. Yeah, you can tighten up stupid. points. You can tighten up the points, do more bonuses, restructure the points a little bit where you kind of keep them tighter, where winning counts a little bit more and all, you know? Yeah. Like, but no, uh, no, no playoffs, no chase racing, no stages, you know, and it's – I don't think it's going to be long before NASCAR has air jacks on the car just like F1 does, yeah. you know? It's going to be – it's turning into a sports car series. It is. That's what it is. It's turning into a sports it's car not, series. It's not even a stock car. It's now they're going with a single lug nut. I'm like, dude. Yeah. If you look at on? if you look at the chassis for the the new car that they're going to be racing this year, there's nothing stock car about that thing anymore. Like the the front and rear clips just unbolt and come off. Sports car bolt. They bolt on the front and rear clip. The freaking front clip that holds the motor is held to the whole car by. I think eight bolts or like twelve. Bo- it's something. I'm like, did NASA, NASA build these bolts? Like, <laughs> you yeah, getting a bad enough action? Yeah, you, you get one of these right, Daytona. Yeah, Daytona or Talladega. One of these big ones happen. We gonna have motors flying around. Like, yeah, wait, wait to be safe for uh, your fans and your drivers. Yeah, I'm just like you got the kids. I don't know. I, I I swear to God, I hope nothing, nothing bad happens. Yeah, I know. Because I, I hope not. I really don't. I think I get some better announcers. Yeah. You know? I mean, I uh, think uh, I think Clint Boyer's all right. He's not bad. Get Jeff Gordon out there. He's a terrible announcer. No, yeah, he's... Ter- he's, he's terrible. He's flat. He's flat. He is. I think... Uh, I saw something. I think Tony Stewart's going to do a couple races this year announcing. Yeah, so he may be all right, but he's... I feel it... I, He's got a very dry sense of humor. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like dry sense of humor. I, I think it's funny, but he's also very vocal. So, you know, he's also very vocal, and he doesn't hold anything back, so I'm I'm kind of interested on in how that's going to go. No, nah, he's not afraid to say what he thinks. Yeah, and he's told NASCAR, you know, in some of these interviews, oh, he said after races, you know, what he thought about their not. race. Yes, he did. You know? No problem. <laughs> You know, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, all right, kids, that's it for tonight. We'll be back next Monday with Mr. Randy Williamson for the mouth, Brian Hustlinger. I am Michael Clark Griswold, and you have been black flagged. Shut the f- up.